Welcome to the IEEE Rebooting Computing Podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. In this episode, we interview Tom Conti, IEEE Rebooting Computing Co-Chair and Professor for the Georgia Tech Schools of Computer Science and Electrical and Computer Engineering. Mr. Conti provides a history of computing performance to explain why the idea of rebooting computing is necessary from all levels. Because we're computing today incredibly inefficiently, to quote Mr. Conti, the mission of the IEEE Rebooting Computing Initiative is to invite industry experts to solve this problem through cooperation and consensus. And of course, a conversation about computing performance can't go without mentioning the expiration of Moore's Law, the observation that the number of transistors per square inch on integrated circuits doubles every year. Mr. Conti and many others in the initiative are working together to go beyond Moore's Law and thus fundamentally change the computing industry forever. So, in and around 2005, we stopped being able to make processors faster. And the reason was that power became a limit. Power is really a, a function of frequency. And so the more we cranked up the clock frequency, the hotter a chip got. We hit a limit where we released a chip, the Intel Pentium 4 Prescott, that when it was clocked to its design frequency, it was dissipating 200 watts per square centimeter. And to put that in perspective, that's the same power density as an operating nuclear reactor core. Now it's true that you can have exotic equipment to get rid of heat, but Moore's Law has always been about economics, and economics of the system become drastically more expensive when you get away from fans, from forced air cooling. So that was the first inflection point. What we did was we slowed down the processors, we put multiple on chip, Intel rebranded them cores, and we went forward and we made it the programmer's problem in order to use concurrency. In and around 2012, Ellie Track and I had a conversation about multicore and its potential and its lack of potential. And it became clear to us that it was time to think about a radically different way to compute. And so we went to uh, the vice president of the Technical Activities Board of IEEE and proposed this new initiative, Rebooting Computing to try to get together experts from all the different levels of the computing stack, from transistors and devices on up through um, interconnects and all the way up to software, to look at is there a fundamentally different way to compute that can get us out of this heat hole that we're in, this power constraint that we're in. So fundamentally, to answer your question in just a few words, uh, we're computing today incredibly inefficiently. So first, if you step back and you look at the phenomenal increase in computing performance over the last 50 or 60 years, where computing performance roughly doubled every year and a half, it's undeniable that computer performance increase has improved the human condition. Everything from weather prediction to drug design on down to even social media and communication. And so we want to keep that going. At the same time, energy consumption is critical, not only for the nation, but the world. And so 
using a more efficient way to compute will help us become more energy self-sufficient. And this is, this is really the mission of rebooting computing, is looking for these new ways to compute. Most importantly, I think, is that to do this, you have to have experts at every level. And that's why it has to be IEEE. And IEEE has experts at every level from, from the basics of semiconductor device physics all the way through to the, the very top of how computers operate and how software is done and algorithms, etc. So IEEE is the right organization at the right time to address these issues. So I think that what we're going to find, what we have been finding, is that there isn't one answer. There's going to be a field of different kinds of computing, each one being broadly domain capable. Uh, neuromorphic computing, which is really computing based on what we know today about how the brain operates, is really good for things such as machine learning and recognition. Think of uh, Siri on an Apple phone, for example. That's a great example of something that works really well in a neuromorphic computer. Today, what we do in essence is we simulate a neuromorphic computer on top of a traditional computer, which is highly inefficient. So building a native neuromorphic computer to do things like Siri would be far more efficient and potentially start to scale again exponentially. Quantum computing is an idea that's been around since Richard Feynman's famous lectures. And the engineering challenges to quantum computing are immense. But we are tackling them. And the reason is that quantum computing can take certain problems today that are really impractical to compute and change the complexity of the computation to make it highly practical to compute. Things like factoring the product of two large primes, which is important for cryptography, for example, quantum computing can solve. Or doing a search in a database for some certain piece of information, which today we have to do look here, then look there, then look there. Quantum computing can do all paths at once. So quantum computing has great potential for those areas. There's other things that have great potential. There's the idea that we take today's computers and we put special purpose accelerators to handle different domain-specific problems that are far more energy efficient. The issue with quantum, normorphic, or even that approach is that we have to change how we program. And the software issues, the software challenges are very large in what's coming. A more sedate approach is to just change the implementation of processors. But you can do something pretty radical even there. For example, using transistors that are consuming so little power that every now and then they produce the wrong result. And trying to use those to build a reliable computer and save power. That's one approach. Another is to use cryogenic computing, compute at 4 degrees Kelvin, where we know there's virtually no resistance, and you can do computations at relatively high speeds for, even though you have to chill it down, still less power than we do today. Either of those approaches would be 
hidden from the programmer, and our old code would still work on those. But it only has so much potential to extend the computing paradigm. So we need all of these. I, I view it as sort of a data center of a, or maybe a rogues gallery of different kind of computing. And what we need today is to get each of these platforms to a point where we can start working on the real problem, which will be the software problems. Thank you for listening to our interview with Tom Conti. Discover more about the IEEE Rebooting Computing Initiative and listen to other podcasts in this series by visiting our web portal at rebootingcomputing.ieee.org.